Or please, now driving. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Four Please Now Driving, the official Masters podcast. I'm your host, Marty Smith from ESPN. The second round of the 87th Masters was suspended at 4.22 p.m. Friday due to inclement weather and did not resume. Augusta National Golf Club announced that play will resume Saturday at 8 a.m. Gates open at 7. Amid the weather event, Augusta National confirmed three trees were blown over to the left of the number 17 tee due to wind. There were no injuries reported. The safety and well-being of everyone attending the Masters tournament will always be the top priority of the club. Before the weather hit, Brooks Kepka continued his torrid pace, carding a second round 67 to move to 12 under par after two rounds, three shots clear of the field. When play was suspended Friday, John Rahm was nine under through nine holes. He sits second on the current leaderboard. Kepka described in vivid detail Thursday evening the knee injury from which he's battled back, explaining that it occurred when he slipped at home, dislocated his knee, and then tried to put it back. At that point, he said, he shattered his kneecap and in the process tore a ligament. In the aftermath, he battled tremendous pain and as a result, he said, developed poor habits. But now he's healthy and his performance thus far at the Masters is proof. With temperatures expected to dip into the 50s Saturday, Kepka addressed how that might impact his knee. Yeah, it was really solid. Um, didn't really do too much wrong. Maybe the speed kind of got me on a few putts. Um, wasn't hitting them hard enough there towards the end, but um, striking the ball really well, leaving it in good spots. And that's what you got to do. You got to make birdies in these par fives, take advantage of them, and uh, did a good job of that playing in five under. I never, the only time I ever thought about not playing was if I couldn't move the way I wanted to. If I wasn't going to be able to move the way I wanted to, I didn't want to play the game anymore. There was definitely moments of that last year. Last year was pretty tough. Um, just a lot of a lot of frustration. It felt like I should have been ahead of where I was. Um, some other things off the course happened and uh, it just doesn't put you in a good mood and it's tough to tough to wake up every day and go through the whole grind and you know it takes you 20 minutes just to get out of bed and move it. But um, a lot better now. It's kind of changed up the workout routine a little bit and started working with so many different and it's it's been a huge help um, being able to get the strength back the knee was messed up it was I was afraid to get back on it um, to load it my right side and then so I was always it was more of like a stack and tilt I would just get on the left side and then back up out of it um, the awkward lies were not fun um, but now it's it's so much easier to be able to load get that full turn of rotation going back. Uh, it's tough when you're just playing it on your left side and afraid to, there's no power there either. And that's, it was kind of the frustrating part. It should be fine. Um, I go through a pretty good warm up routine and Mark Wall, my physio, he gets, gets it moving. I'll probably go to the gym in the morning. It'll be fine. So I'll be, I'll be loosened up. And plus I think probably what, 52 at two o'clock or whenever the last tea time might be. Um, It'll definitely be a little bit warmer, but towards the end, I mean, I've already moved it for four and a half, five hours, so I don't expect anything. Kepka carded 14 pars, three birdies, and an eagle Friday to extend his lead. One of the great traditions here at the Masters is the emphasis on spotlighting great amateur golfers. 
One of those in the field this week is Texas A&M student Sam Bennett. Through 36 holes, Bennett stands at eight under par, the second best effort for an amateur in Masters history. I love being able to, you know, hit shots and in front of people and when they matter, um, I use nerves to my advantage. So, uh, you know, I felt comfortable out there. I mean, obviously, you know, the first tee shot on Thursday was pretty tough, having to wait around all morning. But, um, you know, I got off to a, a dream start and then was able to keep it going the, you know, next, next few rounds. You know, I just wanted to put two good rounds up. I knew my good golf was good enough to compete out here. And, um, you know, I found myself in a situation that, you know, low am's kind of out of this equation and I got a golf tournament I can go out and win. Last night was when it peaked. I was laying in bed, scrolling on my phone, and it was like nearly midnight and I couldn't go to sleep. I was just looking at what everybody had to say and replying to some people, but then I was like, I really need to get some sleep. So I turned them off and put my phone away. Earlier this week on 4 Please Now Driving, you may have heard Jason Day detail for me the path he was forced to take back to the Masters. Once the number one ranked golfer in the world, Day fell all the way to 175th. He faced personal heartache during his mother's cancer battle and faced injuries that set him back on the golf course. When I chatted with him, I was taken aback by the fact that he said he's actually grateful for that journey. It gave him new perspective on the game of golf and life. Early Friday, Day was on fire, surging to nine under par through 14 holes. But over the next four holes, he stumbled, dropping four shots to finish Friday at five under. Two bad lag putts, and then when you miss it left and you go in to lay up, I mean, obviously, a couple of mental errors, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's disappointing because you're coming in with a some good momentum going into 15, um, even though I missed a short one on 14. And then, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's disappointing to go from nine to back to five in a matter of four holes. Who knows what happens over the next two days? So, I mean, I'm not even trying to look at you know, where, I mean, obviously I know where Brooks is, but, you know, you never know how the weather pans out and then you could find something over the next couple of days. I just missed some, some short ones coming in and, unfortunately, that's just uh, how it goes sometimes. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually I'm very disappointed um, with how I finished. So being decently close to where Brooks was going into the weekend, you, you never know how it goes. And, obviously, going from 9 to 5 was... Uh, was a bit of a kick in the gut. It feels good, but today kind of ruins it for me. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, yeah, I mean, I just got to give myself time. I mean, I've just got off the golf course and I'm thoroughly annoyed with myself and I'm sitting here to ask, uh, like answering questions. And that can be difficult because it's in the heat of the moment and I'm trying to, uh, you know, get a hold of myself. The projected cut line is two over par. One of the men who sits directly on that cut line is five-time champion Tiger Woods. This is Wood's 25th Masters appearance, but for another golf legend, it was her first. It is such a pleasure to spend a few minutes with my friend here at the old, big, large, historic oak tree at the clubhouse at Augusta National. Michelle Wee is here at the Masters. I appreciate what's in your cup. I'm allowed to say that. You got an azalea? Yeah. What tequila in it, though? Azalea with tequila. Yeah. Okay, so you, you're, you're into that over the vodka. I, I don't drink vodka. Yeah, tequila only. So yeah, it's delicious. All right, why don't you share with me what your master's experience is? How many times have you been here? And obviously it never gets old. Are you ready to get your mind blown? Ready. First time. 
This is your first time at the Masters? Okay, then you need to give me the whole thing, girl. What is the experience? It's been amazing so far. Um, honestly, we're at the Big Tree. Um, a couple of my friends were like, let's meet the Big Tree or Magnolia. And I was like, I have no idea what these terms mean. And uh, yeah, so here I am at the Big Tree. Um, I went to Berkman's today um, and had a nice Italian lunch. It was fantastic. Um, and it's just magical. This whole place is so cool. I've run into so many friends and not having a phone gives me anxiety, but um, it's a really, really cool place and I'm having so much fun. What has happened that maybe, I mean, it's hard. This place is so built up. Every one of us come here with tremendous expectations. I maintain it's one of the only places I've ever been that exceeds them every time. How does it, how does reality compare to whatever your expectations were? It's pretty crazy. You know, it's funny coming here, you see it on TV so many times and it's just so much hillier than you see it on TV and it's just so cool and watching people play, you know, tee off. And what's cool is that you just see the excitement in the players' eyes as well, walking to the first tee, you just feel that it's a special tournament. Um, and yeah, just watching everyone, seeing how excited everyone is and uh, it's, it's been wild to be here. If you were going to analyze for me the fact that Tiger Woods after all he's managed back fusion rebuilt leg could have died could have lost that leg is here still in the arena now that you know about the undulation is the word they use oh, okay. the hills what do you think that challenge is for him it's crazy. I mean, just to walk here for four days is, I don't know if I can do it. I'm really out of shape right now. There's no way I could walk here for four days. Um, and the fact that he's, you know, limping around here for four days is truly amazing. It's a testament to how committed he is to coming back to the game and how amazing he is. Um, it's just so incredible just to see him, you know, upright and moving and playing golf is, is such a bonus treat for us all. I know that you have a lot of buddies who are out here playing uh, in the Masters. Who are some with whom you're closest, and uh, what what do you think their energy? I mean, you know what it's like going into huge tournaments yourself. What is the energy when you're a player and you're going into a, on a massive stage? I mean, you know, they have uh, the the blindfolds on. They're fully, um, you know, have their headphones in. They're they're committed, um, and, and it's really cool to see. Um, you know, rooting for a lot of players this week, and they're just tearing it up. There's some really low scores out there. There are several traditions here at the Masters. One of which is the sandwich display and variety at the concession area. Uh, which sandwiches have you tried and which was your favorite? I tried all of them. Unpopular opinion. I hated the pimento cheese. Michelle Wee has put it on the record. She hated the pimento cheese. Okay, so which was your favorite? Egg salad is my bet. Egg salad. I love egg salad in general, and I loved how simple it was. You know, you can get really fancy with egg salad and do a lot of stuff with it, but it was so simple, so good. Um, the bread was soft. Egg salad was, you know, creamy, but not too creamy. It was great. All right, so Michelle Wee is also on Team Smith with egg salad being the dominant sandwich of choice at the Masters. What do you think your takeaway will be as you leave here from your initial Masters experience? Azaleas are very tasty <laughs> and dangerous. All right, I'm going to go with Michelle now, and she and I are going to get an azalea. The Masters is golf's premier canvas. Its beauty is breathtaking. Its tradition passed down through generations. Country music star Eric Church said it well to me on ESPN's Welcome to the Masters program Friday. When you see Tiger hit that brilliant shot on 16, your mind shifts to when Jack did it or Arnie did it all those years ago. The Masters is so much more than golf. It's family. 
And there's no one who articulates that beautiful energy here at Augusta National Golf Club more perfectly than my colleague, ESPN senior writer, Wright Thompson. As I said to you on TV earlier, one of the things I love the most about these grounds is the opportunity to reflect. And I don't know exactly what it is about these grounds that summon that in me, but they do. I don't know if it's an expectation coming in or what, but if there's an energy here, I don't feel anywhere else. I do know that. You know, it's, I've thought about that a lot because, uh, I mean, this is certainly, I think for everybody, uh, uh, an intergenerational thing. You know, I, you know, I watched this tournament on television with my father. You know, you did too. Uh, dreamed about coming here with him. The fact that I get to come here now, you know, and can't bring him as a, you know, I don't even know how to describe I mean, a huge bummer is just sounds so silly. Uh, but I've thought a lot about why that is. I mean, because, you know, he loved Ole Miss football games, but I don't feel the same way in Vault Hemingway. You know what I mean? Like, right. no disrespect. Like, I don't know what it is about it. I guess the place, you know, the, I'm going to try to follow this logic. So, like, the the starters this morning, so Tom Watson, Gary Player, and Jack Nicholas. Like, that doesn't happen anywhere else. And uh, it, it's interesting because, you know, the, the Masters is essentially a magic trick because while one hand is holding up tradition and saying nothing ever changes, the other hand is constantly changing everything. That's right. And the magic trick of it is really important. And, uh, you know, my father loved Jack Nicholas and, uh, you know, in the way that I liked Tiger Woods. And, you know, my dad's father liked Arnold Palmer. And, you know, they, it, it, there's something of a daisy chain of all these people being connected here that makes the place function like some sort of weird mix of a clock and a calendar, I think. You know, so it makes you measure time. I don't, I don't, I don't know what – I'm not articulating it well, but it, it makes you stop and sort of measure the distance between who you are now and who you were the last time you were here. And I do wonder, because it's a recurrent – calendar piece yeah that has to be a part of that equation because again uh, yeah. that this is also the only place that that is the case and so when you're watching an historic major champion mark his place in those annals this is the place that is the constant and as a result it evokes those memories that way it absolutely does. And I love this idea. I love places where the membrane between the past and the present is so thin that you can sort of see through it. And that could be anywhere from a lake where you fished as a child to the pyramids in Egypt. Do you know what I mean? It could be anything. But, like, this is one of those places. And, like, sometimes I like to imagine that everyone who's ever walked these grounds is forever walking these grounds and they're all together that like Earl Woods and, and some other parallel universe is still standing over there by the 18th green. And he's hugging a young tiger while an old tiger hugs Sam and Charlie. And these two tigers like are looking at each other, trying to figure out who the familiar stranger is. Like you the Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Like, wait, wait, you know, like I, I love the idea that like everybody who has ever, loved this place some part of them stays there forever like that's really appealing uh and I, I you know you get the sense that there are a lot of you know 
I don't know, like a lot of ghosts on walking the fairways. No, I, I, I maintain you feel them. I, 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 you know, like when you hear a really loud, loud roar, like a really loud one, like on Sunday, you've heard them where the place just goes bananas. And it's, it's sort of bouncing off the trees and the acoustics are weird. Sort of like when a really fast jet flies overhead, you don't know where it actually is. <laughs> the, the acoustics are like that. And sometimes I like to imagine uh, that it wasn't a cheer for Tiger Woods or that it was a cheer for Ben Hogan. It's somehow just reaching us. You know, how long it takes from, you know, light from the sun to reach us. Or how, you know, I mean, this idea that like the comet we're watching disappeared 10,000 years ago and the light <laughs> is finally reaching us like this is a really this is like a place where you like it prompts me to think about stuff like that uh I, I really like it what is your favorite memory here in person one year uh I took a pair of my dad's shoes and I went and left them out in the pine trees at Amen Corner on Sunday like after after the course was done and I was filing, and I sort of took him out there uh, and left him. How? What was your emotion doing that? This dude was a mess. I bet you were a mess. Uh, you know, and you you, you wonder. Uh, like I don't really care that he didn't see a golf tournament. That's not the point. You know, I mean, it's just a, it is. It takes something unspeakable and huge and makes it sort of small enough to hold in your hand and look at it and name it. I mean, so like me regretting that I didn't bring him to this tournament is me really regretting that he never met his grandkids and he never met my wife. You know, he, uh, like it's all of it. It's just, it's something that you share with someone. Like I, I was in, uh, doing that Tiger Woods story I did for us, uh, for four or five years ago, I was down in the Bahamas uh, and I'd rented a boat and parked it in the Albany Marina. And so uh, they had a really nice Italian restaurant there and I went to eat there one night and Sean Connery was there and uh, with his family and he lives in the Bahamas. And uh, I just was like, holy I wish my dad were here to see James Bond. So as I was leaving... I paid for their dinner and didn't go, I'm not going to go up and bother this dude while he's eating. That's so obnoxious. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes. like, don't do, like, don't do that. And so I paid for the meal. I got back out to the parking lot. I got to my car and, uh, the manager comes after me and he said, Mr. Connery wants to talk to you. And I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> and he's like, no man, you know, you're coming with me. So I go back in there and Sean Connery's like, you bought my dinner. Why? <laughs> and I'm like, and I said to him, I was like, look, man, there's a time when about the only thing we really had in common was that we loved your movies. And, uh, this really had nothing to do with you. I just, uh, wanted to tip my hat in the cosmos. I mean, it's like that thing we talked about on air. You know, I love the thing from the Episcopal liturgy about communion. It's, you know, we do this in remembrance of you. And I mean, I think there are lots of ways to have communion. I mean, if, you know, I don't think it, really has anything to do with an altar or a wafer or wine. You know, like I don't actually think that has nothing to do with it at all, that every meal is potentially communion. Uh, but uh, so he, he was lovely. And then his daughter, Stephanie, was there and was like, 
you're getting a picture. And I'm like, no, I'm definitely not. <laughs> and she's like, no, you, you are. And so uh, the uh, take a picture. She gets my email address. Look at my phone. Shows up from Stephanie Connery. And for about twice a year for the next uh, – about twice a year for the next well, – until he died, every now and then I would get an email from Stephanie's husband, Jerry, who uh, uh, would just say, hey – we were with Sir Sean the other day, and that came up. You know, the American who came over to the table. But that's the picture. Isn't that cool as hell? Remarkable. So it's the same feeling, I guess is what I'm saying, is I feel here. That is remarkable. Isn't that cool? He was so nice. You bought my dinner. Why? <laughs> what it made me want to say is, one ping only, please. <laughs> and... When you have that opportunity to see somebody that's such a titan, and you're right, it's not just the work, it's the vehicle that the work becomes. Well, that's correct. And I mean, it's, you know, and it could be anyone. It could be Archie Manning, or it could be Richard Petty, or it could be... Music artists. Yeah, you know, especially... I mean, there's plenty of music artists. You know, I'm a, you know, uh, like there's songs that do that for me. Uh, but yeah, this place is... it. It's interesting because to the people who the people who put on the tournament, it is a big sporting event, not unlike the Super Bowl or the Final Four. You know, uh, what I think is interesting is that lots of people have their own individual relationship with it in ways that have like absolutely nothing to, nothing do, with to do with sports and nothing to do with anything about a tournament and like you know. I just find that interesting that like, you know, the things that I like about this have absolutely nothing to do with anything any living person is doing, you know? I mean, it's like, I don't know. It's weird. I mean, it's, I went out this morning to the ceremonial first shot and I'm like, dude, I could have slept in. <laughs> what, am I, what am I, I got up here at six, eight. What am I doing out here? But it's, it's because it matters somehow. It does matter. It's a, it's a conduit to what was from what that, is that, that's and, that's that's exactly what it is and the other conduit to what what is i guess is this idea that because you can't be connected to the outside world you're so well connected to the inside of the event oh i just and the majesty of it i just love not having my phone i'm i'm sure i can't wait to check my screen time <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> One hour. Oh my god! Like really? Like <laughs> and that, and that's the GPS of the car here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, man. It it it's a pretty remarkable thing. So as you move forward this week, I don't know what your schedule looks like this week, but what are you most looking forward to as we make our way towards the weekend? Is it to see what maybe Tiger might be able to pull off once more? One of these young bucks. I want to have lunch on Sunday, have a sandwich up here, and then I want to walk over to Amen Corner and I want to meet the leader and go and follow him home. And like that's my favorite thing in the world is 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 with the leader, even if it's a blowout, especially if it's a blowout. Like the coronation walk here is awesome. You know, it's almost better than the drama when it's really dramatic and you're on the course. You have no idea what's going on. It's right. it's just confusing. 
and like a coronation walk is like one of the great things in sports because it's like the crowd starts to swell. It's like it's a Pod Piper vibe thing going on, and I, I I love that. I love to go out to Amen Corner and just sit. I got my master's chair, and I'll just sit there and then wait. And then when the leaders show up, you follow them home. I had an interesting experience today. I went up in the 18th scoring tower and met those gentlemen. And something I did not know about them, which is a cool story, back to fathers and sons. We'll wrap up where we started. Many of those gentlemen who are standing in that tower inherited their position as a scorer from their dads. And there were two guys that I talked to, Mr. Tom and Mr. Kenny. Both of them inherited their positions from their fathers, and they combined had more than 50 years in that tower. See, I just love that. I love every damn ounce of that. Yeah, I mean, just the the, – I mean, down to the attention to detail to know to put them in the same place. Like a lot of sporting events would screw that up. Sure, absolutely. Uh, you know, that's fabulous. I mean, I remember, like, I love walking around the course because you can sort of see, like, people helping, you know, their fathers holding little kids' hands, their grown men sort of making sure their stooped-over dad can get around. I mean, it's just there's there's a lot of circle of life on display, and that's really interesting. Uh, but, yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm ready to get back out there. Go get it. Appreciate you stopping by, uh, brother. Oh, of course, Marty. We'll be back Saturday to resume the second round with you. As a reminder, gates open at 7 a.m. Eastern time and play resumes at 8 o'clock. Thank you so much for listening to Four Please Now Driving, the official Masters podcast. I'm your host, Marty Smith. Be well, my friends.